0: This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. If you're ever just messing around with lawyers getting money, you're even having a great time, or uh, you're in a lot of trouble. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX by television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuwana's coming to you through the uh, ESPN MT studio. Not on SWX right now because uh looks like we're getting a little Southwestern A-girls basketball action from Hamilton, so I guess we'll give you updates as this is coming down the pipe. Uh, the Bronx have been very good uh, for quite some time. They, they have a great athletic department going on there uh, at Hamilton High School. So we'll keep you apprised uh, of what's going on here uh, on the uh, SWX broadcast. Mr. Thing in the first hour of the show, the business angle, the overlay between business and sports with Justin Angle, our Class A spotlight highlighting some of the best – Storylines from around Class AA leading up to the Class AA state tournament in uh, Missoula in March. And also at our Treasure State Stars, a f- one flush with all sorts of uh, great performances from across the state. All of it on the Noir is Now a podcast, probably presented by Schulte Law. Visit JSHultilaw.com for any and you know, all of your legal needs. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. And the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Okay, several different things to get to. that I've already kicked down the, the, uh, the line here. First, usually it's the first hour of every Tuesday show. Right now, we'll lead, let's leave the second hour. A little Tag Tuesday. Tag Larry Deli. Consistently delicious. Unbelievable how consistent the sandwiches are. They're so good, but also like the fact that they're just the same all the time. I don't, I don't even know how they do it. They're the same like thickness and robustness, like even the amount of mayonnaise and and mustard and vinaigrette and whatever else you want to put on there. It's just so good. I can't believe how much they nail it. The sandwiches are what keep you coming back for more, but they also have a great variety of Italian style goods, some pastas, pasta sauces, and uh, other fun things. They got two locations now here in Missoula, the corner of Beckwith and Higgins, as well as. Uh, in the Sawmill District on Wyoming Street. You can order online. They'll have it ready for you. You can just pick it up. You want Tagliari? Call us right now 406 888 1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. 1029, caller number four. We got a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Deli. Triple eight one zero two nine. 1029, caller number four. Tag Tuesday, every Tuesday here on Duanas Now. So I'm at the Missoula Sentinel game on Friday. Missoula Sentinel, Missoula Hellgate, but it's at Sentinel's Gym. And the boys were first. So, watching the. I didn't, I didn't get over there until about 6 30. The boys tipped at uh, 5, like 35, I think. So, uh, it was like the end of the third quarter by the time I get over there for the boys' game. So, we're getting settled in. We're hanging out. I'm checking out the student sections uh, across the way. And uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the Sentinel students, and they're. They have there's there's some uh, young men, some some uh, high school kids that are feigning ESPN. Uh, they they have a, a a table set up. They've made themselves a little ESPN banner, and uh, they they got some like fake headsets on. They got the computers out, and they're they're playing radio right. They're they're pretending to be broadcasting this crosstown game. So there's there's about half half a dozen of them. They're sitting there. And they're they're pretending like they're on the call, like they're courtside, and but they have this ESPN sign made. It's the it's the ESPN logo. I guess like if you're watching, you can only see us on the app. Regardless, you don't need to see it. You know what I'm talking about, the ESPN lettering, right? So these guys got their their fake radio booth set up, and they got their ESPN sign on it. So I was tweeting a few updates from the crosstown games on our ESPN Montana Twitter account, and uh, I took a picture and I said, "This is funny." It seems like a copyright violation. Just kidding. Uh, I think it's great. You know, flattery is is a great. Or uh, what what what's the saying? Uh, w- when they're pretending to be you, it's a great form of flattery. So, then though, it, in between games, I get to thinking. I'm like, all right, I should go pull these kids chains a little bit. Let's let's see what we can do here. I'm wearing my ESPN shirt. I just got off the radio, and uh, so I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go mess with these kids a little bit so I I pull over my great friend Craig Metler who's a vice principal there at Sentinel former track coach uh, and a guy I've known since my college days and I said met come here I said I need you to to, uh, to help me with this he's like okay what are we doing I said we're gonna go over to the the, the, the pseudo ESPN booth here and I need you to say hey uh, Mr. Nuanez needs to talk to you guys and then call me over so Matt goes over there and so hey, boys, I got I got somebody who really wants to talk to you. So then he waves me over. So I walk over, and uh, so I say, "Hey, who who's uh who's in charge of this booth?" One of the kids is like, "Oh, ESPN. You got ESPN in your shirt. Cool." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Who's in charge of this?" And They're like, "Oh, yeah, we all we all did it." And I was like, "Who made the logo, though?" And one of the kids was like, "I made the logo. Isn't it sweet?" He's like, "It looks just like it." And I was like, "Son, uh, it looks great, but this is like." It's like a $100,000 copyright violation. And they're like laughing. They're like, ha ha ha. I was like, so uh, this serious business is a national brand and you can't use it without uh, licensing rights. So this is a $100,000 fine. So I was wondering, do you have a lawyer or maybe does your, your parents have a lawyer? And the kid who made the logo, the poor kid, I'm, I'm so mean, he's standing there with his hands on his head, mouth agape, and he, he's like, oh, my God, what did I do? I, I'm i grounded for the rest of my life. I don't have $100,000. What's going on? And it, it's like in Saturday Night Live when Will Ferrell's going all crazy, he's improv but the other guy can't keep a straight face. Mettler can't keep a straight face. He just starts laughing so hard and he's got to get out of there. So then then the joke broke. I was going to keep it going for a little while and, and see how long I could go. But Mettler starts cracking up. So then I start cracking up. I was like, boys, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I had to mess with you a little bit. I said, do watch out for the copyright violations, but this... Even if it's one of them, we're all good because you're promoting our brand at the the basketball game. I said, "Have a good evening and uh, go listen to Nuanas now between four and six on 102.9." So uh, I'm probably going to hell, but I had a great laugh, <laughs> and I know Met did as well. I know the two folks that I was with at the game uh, thought it was pretty entertaining. But I, I will say the the seven seconds of the kid with his hand on his head, his hands on his head, just mouth agape was. It was just it, it, it was it was too good. I
1: don't know. Am I going to hell for this? I I think what's happening here, Coulter, is you're already embracing like the dad humor because that's a great dad joke. That's right. To go mess with the that's high right. school kids like that. That's right. Uh, you're you're. I don't think you're. Well, I don't think you're going to hell for that. That's great news as well. <laughs> uh, that's great. That I saw the picture that you posted on social media. It's awesome that the kids are, are doing that. I thought it looked sweet, and I thought it also looked like a sweet atmosphere in there just in general as well. No, it, it definitely did. Well, and so my main
0: motivation for going over there, actually, before I decided to mess with them, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're doing like a little radio thing. Like, I wonder if they're broadcasting this on anything or, or if they're just like making a tape of it or whatever, just so they can have some practice. So I was actually initially thinking mentoring, but then I was like, well, I got to screw up them a little bit. (laughs) And and then they were so scared I didn't be able to, I should have just had cards and said, hey, if you ever do want to actually get into radio here, you know, come work for the mean guy. But (laughs) either way, uh, it made me laugh. So hopefully hopefully you guys think it's funny as well. It's time for our Big Sky Spotlight, presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your Big Sky defender. Dave Maldonado, one of the ace criminal defense attorneys in all the state of Montana, one of the most successful trial lawyers you'll find in the Treasury State. For any and all your legal needs, visit BigSkyDefender.com. There was only four uh, four games, excuse me, uh, Big Sky Conference games on Monday. This was sort of a repercussion of the Grizz and Lady Grizz, Cats and Montana State women all getting last week off leading up to the Cat-Grizz rivalry on Saturday. So the Montana men were here in Missoula against Weber State. The Montana State men were at home against Idaho State. Then the Cat women were in Pocatello. The Lady Grizz were in Ogden. So here's the rundown. Lady Grizz, big bounce back win, 87-55 over Weber State. So uh, they got right in a big way, hit 16 threes. I got to say, I think that was predictable. Just The fact that they let it slip away so bad and they had such a meltdown in Bozeman. To get back right on the other side, especially against a team that you're supposed to to thrash, which they did. And also, as we said on Monday's show, I just think teams that are going to get into these shooting contests with the Lady Grizz, if if you're going to let the Lady Grizz dribble, drive, and kick, they're going to kill you. I mean, they have so many shooters, they have so many weapons. It's when you drag them into slugfest that they, I think that they, I'm not going to say that they're, they... Can't get beyond that. That's that's just the thing that they need to figure out how to get beyond, right? I, I I do think there's a lot of season left. I think it'll be a high priority for them. But that exactly at this moment uh, is a weakness. And I think that's why you saw them lose not only to Montana State, but to Northern Colorado. But a great get-right win uh, for the Lady Grizz. In Pocatello, also I think predictably, Montana State uh, ha- had trouble. First of all, Idaho State's always been a bad matchup for Montana State. I bet you seeing Soboleski's beaten Montana State has been, as much as any coach in the conference. Obviously, part of that's because he's been there at ISU since 2008, and Trisha benford has been there at Montana State since 2005. So they've had dozens of battles against each other. But I know State, they play a, a really physical style. They're always really good at home, and uh, they always give the Cats a hard time, especially in pokey. So, And then also you have the fact that the Lady Grizz or excuse me, that Montana State's women's team had a, a a serious high against the Lady Grizz. So, you know, a letdown, all that, plus KJ Lomardo not available, one of their best players, because of the uh, the injury that she suffered at the end of that rivalry game. So uh, neither of those results surprised me at all. I thought the Lady Grizz would get right in a big way against an overmatch Weaver State team with a first-year head coach, and I thought the Cats would have a, a struggle there in pokey. On the men's side, good efforts at home by both Uh, Montana and Montana State. Montana State, their whole lineup was in foul trouble, but they still were able to gut it out, and they won 77-70 to over Idaho State, so that's a good bounce-back win for the Cats. And then for the Grizz, they carried the momentum of Saturday's uh, victory over Montana State by really sort of beating up on Weber State. It It was a good game in the first half, and then sort of a runaway in the second half. The Grizz offense is clicking... At an unbelievable level, and Travis DeKear and his staff deserve a ton of credit because we've talked ad nauseum during basketball season the last three years about the stagnant Grizz offense, how painful they are to watch, their inability to be explosive. Well, that's all changed. That's all out the window now. I mean, they scored 77 against one of the best defensive teams in the league last night. After scoring 87 on the road in a rivalry game, they're averaging 80-plus points per game. When they score more than 82, they're pretty much unbeatable so far this year. And there's so much that goes into that. We'll hear more about what goes into it from their point guard, Brandon Whitney, uh, their star shooting guard, Anand Moody, and their head coach, Travis DeKear, after a little while. But I also found it fascinating, Andrew, that Dylan Jones, who's definitely the most hyped player in the league and arguably the best, certainly one of one of the best players in the league, he had 30 points last night. And you sort of noticed it, but you also just noticed that it was a one-man show. Weber is usually, they have a pivotal scorer who can put up numbers in their system, always. But they also always have so many complementary pieces. They run so many great actions. Their offense always looks like a well-oiled machine. It looked like nothing last night. It looked like Dylan Jones or nada. And the other guys like Stephen Burplankin and the K.J. Cunningham... They were like irrelevant. It was it was. they were like non factors in the game. It was almost bizarre to watch how non functioning they were on offense when it wasn't Dylan Jones. He had thirty points, the most he's ever had against
1: the Grizz. But that was half of Weaver's sports. They got almost no production otherwise. Yeah, it was really tough to watch, actually, from a basketball standpoint, and now, you know, after seeing this Weber team in person for the first time, it's really tough to be in on them. They've had a tough start to the conference season here, so I've been paying attention to them, of course, uh, but seeing them in person, it's just, they're too heliocentric around Dylan Jones and a lot of the time the offense is devolving. no nobody's moving when Dylan Jones is off the ball he's not moving he's going to get the ball on the perimeter and spray it around he didn't attack a ton last night either which is what opens things up for everybody i just don't really know what the what the fundamental principles of their offense are supposed to be, and I think that's probably because Dylan Jones needs to have the ball in his hands so much. You know, nobody's moving, nobody's cutting, yeah. uh, and, and you know, he scored 30 points. He had about half of them in that one barrage in the first half where he yeah. hit a couple threes, hit a step back, had the steal in the dunk. Other than that, it was tough for him to get his points as well, and they didn't really have... A backup plan. I mean, the other thing that they did a couple times was throw the ball into the big man, Alex, too, and let him, you know, back a guy down or do a hook shot over either shoulder. Guess what? That also sucks to watch, and it's not effective (laughs) for getting anybody else on the offense involved in the offense. I don't really know what the solution is here either. I don't either. I think. Uh, I I think what you saw is that.
0: Okay, if they're going to make Dylan Jones the focal point of the offense, and he is actually a willing passer he is. when he's not the head of the snake. Like when they're running their other stuff, he'll set the screen and move the ball and flip it around. But when he's the guy that's bringing it up, it has to be him. But he's not really a pick-and-roll player. No. He's just a bull in the china shop. So I don't. I just wonder if what Montana did last night is the way that everybody goes. Hey, let's just guard Dylan Jones one-on-one and
1: we'll let him get his. And if he scores 30, we're going to hold you, the rest of the guys to 30 and we're going to beat you by 15. And that's the thing. It was a good defensive effort by the Grizz as well. They had Deshaun Thomas on him uh, for part of the game. They had, you know, guys like Josh Vasquez on him. Jordan did, Williams was on him for a little while. Yep, they did a really good job, all of those guys. And I think that he just didn't put it into attack mode enough. I've, if you're going to be the only focal point of the offense, you've got to get, especially a guy like Dylan Jones, he ended up shooting like 12 free throws. Right. A lot of those were on perimeter. I think 14 free throws, he hit 12 of them. That's how he got to 30 points sort of quietly. Right, a lot of those were on perimeter reach and fouls. He didn't, for a guy who's that physically dominant, you got to go into attack mode. And again, aside from that stretch in the first half where he had a couple and ones, I think those were only two missed free throws actually, came after the and ones. Uh, he he just wasn't aggressive enough for, for, for my taste. And the other thing with the Weber offense, They didn't do anything else to make it easy for him. Like, where's the action away from the ball? Where are the guys screening for each other when he has the ball to just get things moving a little bit? Big Sky Spotlight
0: presented by Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Maldonado Law can help you with all of your legal needs. I hate to be this guy. but people ask me, okay, what do you root for in sports? If you don't root on teams... What do you root for? Well, I root to see greatness. I root to want, I want to observe greatness. So if ever there's a guy or it, or you know, a multitude of players that have a bunch of hype on the national level or are being projected as top players, next level players, I want that all day long. Why wouldn't you? Like one of my favorite things is watching the NFL with my wife or my friends or both and people asking me, Hey, have you covered anybody in this game? And you're like, oh, yeah, Christian Watson was from the Packers was on the show or, you know, Sam Zanetti come for the 49ers or Cooper Cup or, or whatever. We've covered the Big Sky for a long time now, and especially from a football perspective, I have interviewed, I believe, every single guy that's in the from the Big Sky Conference that's in the National Football League right now. That's cool. That, that's a great experience for me. It's cool to see guys rise up the levels. Uh, this is all to say, and I again I hate being this guy. Dylan Jones he's getting he's getting hype right now as an NBA draft pick, and some pundits, led by Jay Bellis, who's one of the top college basketball analysts in the country, say that Dylan Jones is a first round pick. Now, your draft status in the NBA and then what your career in the NBA is going to be like are two different things. Like once upon a time, our great friend, friend of the show, Josh Hustis from Great Falls CMR, he had an outstanding career at Stanford, and then he was a first-round draft pick by the Oklahoma City Thunder. He played in the NBA for four years. He didn't play much. He was sort of in and out of 10-day contracts. He was in the G League a little bit, but he was in the NBA, and that's a wonderful uh, accomplishment. And he was a a first-round draft pick out of Montana. Who can say that? Very few, if any, guys ever, certainly none in the 21st century in the modern era besides Josh Houston. So that's a great feather in the cap. But in the NFL, if you're a first-round draft pick, teams are going to be, if you're a first three rounds or the draft pick, if you're a top 100 pick, the contract situations plus the franchise investment in you, the expectations for you, you're going to get an opportunity to try to prove yourself in the NFL. In the NBA, you can get drafted in the first round, you can get drafted in the top 20 and still not have much, if any, of an impact in the NBA. So I'm not saying that I think that Jay Billis or any of these other draft pundits are incorrect. Dylan Jones was at the NBA draft combine, so their evaluation is comparing him with other top college prospects. But I would be utterly shocked if Dylan Jones is an impact player in the NBA. That's not to say he can't get better from where he is right now, and he is very, very good. There are certain things that he does that make him a dominant, dominant mid-major player. I even think he could be a dominant high-major player. That doesn't make you an NBA player, though. Like To put this in perspective, Drew Timmy is one of the most household names that's played in college basketball for the last several years. Drew Timmy is not an NBA player. Luca Garza at Iowa, one of the top scorers that the NCAA has seen in the last 10 years. He's not an NBA player. Jimmer Jimmer Ferdinand is one of the greatest scorers in the history of college basketball. He can hardly stick. In the NBA, it's because, first of all, this is a great statistic. Two weeks ago, the 5,000th man played in the NBA. Somebody appeared in a game, and he became the 5,000th person to play in the NBA. Consider that. The NBA has been a league for almost 85 years. 5,000 players ever in the history of the league. That's crazy. The other thing is there's only 300-and-something guys in the NBA there's only 12 guys on active rosters. It's a global game. Only about, I don't know, I'd say in a generous year, 20 guys from a draft class even break into a roster and, what, 10 of them make an impact? It's it's the hardest sport besides probably the PGA, or I guess now professional golf since there's multiple leagues. But besides professional golf, the NBA is the hardest sport to go pro in. It is because of the numbers and because of the elite Athletes. So most of this is not even the dog on Dylan Jones. He's an awesome player. If I made a top 10 list of my top 10 guys that I've covered in the Big Sky in the last 10 years, Dylan Jones is on that list. He's the best player of the last handful of years. I voted in preseason MVP in the league two years in a row. I think if you're just based on talent, he should be the MVP for the third year in a row. That said, who is he guarding in the NBA? Montana was picking on him defensively last night. Who's he going to guard in the NBA? Here's the other part about the NBA. They don't care. Like, in college, you're trying to run your sets, your offense, whatever. In the NBA, if you can't guard the high pick and roll, they will run the high pick and roll until you stop it. If you're playing in a game against Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving or James Harden or whatever, Luka Doncic, insert name here, Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, they'll run high ball screen at you until you stop it, and they will drop 50 on your face unless you stop it. So, uh I mean, that's my rant for the day, but I just think that the things that are holding Dylan Jones back, I don't think he's a elite enough defender, and like I've always said, the the formula to get into the NBA, first of all, it's 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 pretty simple, even though it's very rare. You must have an elite skill at the NBA level. You must be either one of the 300 best shooters in the world, one of the 300 best ball handlers in the world, one of the 300 best defensive players in the world. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have an elite skill. He has he's very good at very many skills. He does not have any NBA elite skill. Secondly, he has no comp, so it's gonna be hard for a team to take a risk on him because who takes six, six power guards that can't shoot at an elite level? He shoots it just fine. You gotta shoot it you gotta shoot the heck out of it. To be, I mean, his size projection is as a two in the NBA. That's not gonna happen. He doesn't shoot it well enough. And then the last part is who are you, who are you gonna guard? Who can he guard In the high pick and roll, who can he guard off the dribble? Who can he guard in the post in the NBA? I really don't think he can. That's all to say, he still has the second half of this year. He has another year of college eligibility if he would like it. And maybe when he gets into the higher level of competition, here's the thing. He's going to probably get drafted, and he's going to be able to get into a, a, a camp of some sort. Maybe then that accelerates him big time. Maybe he develops himself. Maybe he has it in his future, and I want him to do it. I hope he does it because it would be really cool for us to say we covered it. All I'm saying is right now, if you can't make noise defensively against Montana, you're going to have a hard time playing against the Milwaukee Bucks or the, the Golden State Warriors.
1: Yeah, the thing with Dylan Jones at Weber State, right, is like I love that he came back to Weber State for this year. He looks, He's going to look better when he's playing with better players. That's what got him on the radar last year was going to the NBA Draft Combine and looking like one of the better players in scrimmages when he's playing with other NBA Draft prospects because he can still do so many things at that level to influence the game. But a lot of what he's doing at Weber right now is not going to be what translates to him if he does make it into the NBA. Like It's nice for Weber that he can bring the ball up the floor. He's not going to handle the ball in the NBA, but... You can translate his passing instincts. It's good for him to be a good passer in the NBA. And that's what him playing on the ball at Weber proves. He's not going to be a guy who they run plays for to get to shoot three pointers it's true. in the NBA. Like no, but, but, but he is Weber. a guy he is a guy though
0: that's gonna have to be able to stand in the corner. And hit 45% of his threes to get a shot, or at least... Which is why it's,
1: which is why it's good for him that he's able to take off the dribble step-back threes at Weber State. That's true. But you got, true. got to good be argument. able to translate what he's doing now into what he's going to potentially be able to do in the NBA. He's not playing the same role now that he's going to if he makes it. But the role that he's playing now, you can, you can see it, it translating in your head to playing at a much higher
0: level. His best... NBA comp. I was really racking my brain for this. Tell me what you think of this. I think his best NBA comp is P.J. Tucker. Sure. Here's the difference, though. P.J. Tucker's a great defender. P.J. Tucker is one of the greatest defenders. I know he's lost a step now because he's old, but it's not just because of his athleticism. Here's the thing. It's the mentality. P.J. Tucker is an absolute dog.
1: Right, or Draymond, who's his closest body comp. Really? That's right, and what has Draymond got? He's, he's the craziest, toughest dude in the NBA. I know smartest he's smartest as well, and that's right. one of the greatest defenders of all time. So, like, I don't know what Draymond Green, but without much defense, gets you in the <laughs> NBA. Exactly. That's the thing. Okay, so to
0: finish this, how could Dylan Jones be drafted and then also make an impact in the NBA? He's got to get significantly better at spot shooting, and he's got to get significantly better defensively. And the third thing, and I, I hate saying this because I've only interviewed the kid half a dozen times. He's got to he's got to take it to the next level, mentality wise. He's he is competitive and aggressive at times, but again, this is the most competitive league on the planet Earth. You have to be a dog every single second, especially when you're an undersized guy.
1: That's absolutely right, and you can see it watching him courtside. The body language sometimes uh, right. suffers. The effort sometimes suffers, and I guess the counter argument right is he is the be-all, end-all for Weber State. He played 38 minutes and 49 seconds last night. He was handling the ball for 70% of the possessions that he was on the court. He was touching it multiple possessions on offense because it always comes back to him. At Weber State... I think that it's it's possible and I think probably probable that it's better for Weber State for him to do that on offense. And if that saps his effort on the defensive end, that's still a net positive for Weber State. In the NBA, if he's playing 10 to 12 minutes off the bench to start his career— again it's something that you got to translate in your head to how it how it plays at the next level but if he's playing less minutes with no offensive responsibility other than to stand in the corner shoot spot up threes make good connecting passes when it comes to him you could see that the defensive effort could be better right the biggest selling point in this current
0: state right now for Dylan Jones is that Raekwon Battle at West Virginia, Dalton Connect at Tennessee, and Great Osamar at Utah State are all three former Big Sky players that transferred to a higher level of college basketball. Therefore, they're surrounded by better players. They, at least theoretically, have better coaching. I I definitely say this is no slight to Steve Smiley at Northern Colorado, but Dalton Connect's got better coaching. Rick Barnes is an absolute Hall of Fame college basketball coach at Tennessee, so you get better players around. You get better coaching. You get better opportunities. Those guys' numbers are tra- – I mean, Dalton Connect is playing outside of his mind. He's averaging like 25 points per game in SEC play. And he was on a six-win Northern Colorado team last year. Great Osobar was the top reserve in the Big Sky. He might be the player of the year in the Mountain West this year. He's certainly going to be an all-conference type of guy. And Raekwon Battle, he had 23 points at Kansas this weekend. So those guys showing that when they're surrounded by better players, they're just as good, if not better. And Jones was the alpha among all those guys. Last year, at least one of the guys in the league, even with those guys in the conference.
1: And again, his play at Weber State is not what got him on the NBA draft map. It was him going to the combine last year, showing out, and then deciding to come back to school and that was with, again, better players around him, better coaching, better level of competition. He's going to get the chance to do that again this year. And frankly, Coulter, that's going to be what gets him drafted this year. Not so much what we're seeing from him at it's, Weber State, it's so true. but what he does in that atmosphere among other pro prospects and his track record of that from what he did last year is is very, very good. The To, to put a bow on this,
0: the two best games I've ever seen Dylan Jones play from a pure heart and effort standpoint were in elimination games in the Big Sky Conference tournament. He left it a completely uh, he left it completely on the floor. So he's got that dog in him, he does. even
1: if it doesn't come out all the time.
0: You want to ESPN radio, more Grizz basketball. We'll hear from Brandon Whitney and Travis Takir right after this. Keep it right here. One oh two nine ESPN Missoula. Visit jshultylaw.com. One, two, three. Is now on ESPN Radio. Little feet for you. If you've never seen them live, you should. They were at the Wilba. I think it was about, I guess, 2019 was when it was. So that's like five years ago now. But uh, awesome show. Great live. Love. Uh, love taking it all in. All the live music, all the various genres, all the different generations. No is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's time now for our Grizz Star of the Week. It's funny because uh, I teased this yesterday. I said it was going to be Jackson Knapp. Well, Jackson Apple was the star of the rivalry game between Montana and Montana State. He had a career high seventeen points, played awesome. He's definitely been breaking out the last couple weeks, and so that was his explosion onto the the Big Sky Conference scene. Well. Riley Corcoran, our buddy, the voice of the Grizz, Kyle Hansen from MTN, they all wanted Jackson out after the game, and they all wanted, they all needed one-on-ones. I was like, well, the story is going to remain the same. How have you progressed? What's been the turning point? How you turned the corner? How you been able to stay ready? All that sort of stuff. And uh, so, rather than make the young man repeat himself multiple times, just because these other interviews were going to be one-on-ones. We pivoted to Brandon Whitney, and Whitney has been tremendous. He was awesome against the uh, the Bobcats in the rivalry game, and he's even better last night. He had 24 points. He did whatever he wanted off the dribble. When the Grizz spaced the floor around him, he's impossible to stop one on one. He could turn the corner on anybody in the league. He gets to the hole and finishes so unbelievably efficiently, and it's been uh, it's been really fun to watch. He's been a guy that's he shows flashes for little spurts. He has since that he was a freshman. But being able to consistently put together weeks and weeks and weeks of really, really dominant point guard play, it's eluded him. But now he's a senior. And I think he got a little fire lit under him when they brought in Money Williams, and then Money Williams kind of took his spot. Then Money Williams got hurt, and all of a sudden, the sense of urgency is there for Brandon And He's been awesome. He's playing like an all-conference guy right now. So uh, Brandon's uh, always an interesting guy to catch up with because he is uh, – He's very shy, he's very soft-spoken, but he's got a lot of insight. So here's a couple minutes with Brandon Whitney after his 24-point performance in Montana's 77-62 win over Weber State. Uh, Down at Dahlberg Arena, Grizz Star of the Week. Brandon Whitney, 24 points against Weber State, 77-62. The Grizz pull away from Weber. First of all, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Keys from tonight's victory. I mean, you guys were pretty steady for the uh, the entire game. Your offensive execution was great. What went well? Um, I would
2: say just defensively, we played well. Uh, we just went back to our basics, you know, uh, give a little extra help. And offensively, we just executed whatever Chad told us.
0: When you guys spread the floor like you do, how much easier does that make your job as a point guard?
2: A lot easier. Uh, it's just it makes the paint wide open, people help, and I just kick it. So, yeah, it definitely makes it easier.
0: You've been playing so well these last three or four weeks. What's What's been the biggest difference for you? Why, why uh, What's your mindset right now?
2: Honestly, just on a roll right now. Um, we're getting wins uh, and just motivated. So I just, I'm
0: just motivated. It's fun to watch you guys because you watch college basketball. So many teams are so much different, but you guys have so many guys that have been around for a couple years. How much do you think that helps you guys just overall as a team?
2: Uh, I think that helps us a lot. You know, people uh, on our team have been in these games, whether it's close games or not. So I think having everybody together uh, is easier to execute. things.
0: 25 days ago, you guys got beat by 30 down there at were State. I mean, how much have you grown since then? What was the biggest difference tonight?
2: Um, we've grown a lot. Uh, that was coming back from Christmas break. Um, you know, we're on a roll now. Um, we just had to tighten some things up, uh, honestly, defensively and offensively. So, I would say that.
0: What sort of boost does this guy give you? Lalu, okay, I mean, especially defensively. That first four minutes of the second half of him, he had two blocks, two steals. How much of a boost does that give you guys?
2: Uh gives us a big boost. I love when he does that. He brings a lot of energy on the court whenever he does that, so definitely gets a big boost.
0: When you know you're going against uh, not only a great team, but a player like Dylan Jones that's gotten all this hype, does that give you some extra juice, or how do you sort of attack that? Because you guys, I mean, when they were on defense, you guys attacked him quite a bit defensively tonight.
2: Yeah, definitely gave us uh, some motivation, you know, hearing that. He, he is a good player. He's a good player. Um, but it definitely motivates us, uh, you know, to stop him. And, uh, you know, just make it hard for him to score and whatever. And, you know, he had uh, two fouls uh, in the first half, so we were just trying to go at him uh, and give him a fouls.
0: out. So. Obviously, Saturday a uh, such an emotional high, winning on the road at your rival. How do you reset? Because it's such a weird scheduling deal having to play this game here on Monday.
2: You know, we have about... I would say 12 hours to enjoy that win and then we got to settle back into, uh, um, you know, knowing that we have we on the other end and have to get to our revenge. So I would just be, I would just say enjoy it that night and then just have to settle down.
0: This stretch is going to be interesting. Four games in, I think, seven or eight days. So how do you sort of manage that as an athlete?
2: Um, just getting a treatment, uh, taking care of your body, I would say. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. It's pretty much you just got to take care of your body you
0: how close do you think you guys are to playing your best basketball right now?
2: Um, I think we're pretty close. We just got to keep going, uh, keep getting better, uh, keep tightening things up.
0: Brandon Whitney, our Grizz star of the week, 24 points against Weber State last night after an 18-point performance against Montana State. The Grizz officially roll in their 4-2 and two in league play, and they avenge what was a 30-point loss in Ogden, Utah some 25 days ago. Less than a month later, Seventy-seven, sixty-two in Missoula, and uh, the Grizz looking really dang good right now. And I, I got to say, winters in Montana are long. Winters in Missoula are even longer uh, because of the, the gray and the inversion. I know that there's a lot of places in Montana a lot colder than Missoula, but the gray, and I, I lived for eight years in Bozeman. The sun is such a huge difference in Bozeman compared to Missoula, even though it's way colder and there's way more snow in Bozeman. The sun just like lures you outside a little bit more. You just, you're just convinced that it's just gloomy outside when it's so gray like it is in Missoula. Anyways, Grizz and Lady Grizz basketball being interesting makes winter better. And then them being good and fun, it also uh, just, it just improves your, your life uh, this time of year. Our Grizz Star of the Week proudly presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller is a law firm specializing in personal injury and criminal defense. Paul Ryan and Angie Miller bring more than 30 years of litigation experience and are able to handle cases across the state of Montana. Ryan and Miller Law focuses in specific areas of law to ensure the perf- the firm provides their clients with the best representation possible. The firm provides uh, any sort of Legal uh, defense when it comes to automobile accidents, medical malpractices, wrongful death claims, DUIs, and criminal charges. For more information, visit RyanMillerLaw.com. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. We were going to share some Travis DeCure with you. We'll probably do that uh, tomorrow. Um, But the Grizz got a a tough road trip coming up. Portland State, Sac State, both those teams are, are okay. Actually, Portland State's pretty good. It's just t- it's just one of the tougher swings. I'd say just in terms of the travel, the Portland State Sac State trip is a big one, and so is the the Northern Colorado Northern Arizona trip. it's just just a lot of of air miles, you know. So um, maybe we'll hear from Coach Dakir tomorrow if we can fit it in. But I want to talk. I want to get Andrew's thoughts on Clifton McDowell headed to the AAC. Who would have thunk? And what do we think? Greatest quarterback on the move. That's next. Keep it right here. You want us now. ESPN Radio. Oh! It's one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. The duos in music even exist anymore? I used to have Hall and Oates, Simon and Garfunkel. That used to be like a staple. And you'd also have, like, trios, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Then they became a quartet. But, like, I love Hall & Is there, like, a, a, a famous, like, duo right now?
1: I'm trying to think. Sorry, turn, hit the wrong button. Uh, it's like they don't just go by their names anymore. Mm. You got, like, actual band
0: names. Right, like uh, um, the ex-ambassadors. They're, like, a duo, I think. Royal blood is what I love. They're a sweet one. They're not that, uh, mainstream famous. Anyways, I digress. Noah is now, uh, ESPN radio. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Andrew, your mic's a little dim. So I want to talk some, uh, some Clifton McDowell to temple, uh, but we'll get that fixed up. We can hear you just fine. Great stuff. How's on, that? And now we're rolling. Uh, Dylan Jones, uh, A spirited conversation about why he is and why he isn't an NBA prospect. I appreciate Andrew's insight on all of that. That was part of our number two here. We also heard from Brandon Whitney as our Grizz Star of the Week and talked our way around the Big Sky Conference in men's basketball. All that plus the first hour with the business angle, our Class AA spotlight and our Treasure State Stars available on the Nuance Now podcast, probably presented by uh, Schulte Law. Visit jschulteilaw.com the M-Store where they are all all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. we only got a couple minutes left, but
1: um, first of all, yeah, I think coming up on ESPN uh, this evening... Oh, We do not. The Kraken are playing tomorrow, and nice. then I believe we've got uh, NBA on Thursday. How about the NBA recently? Oh, buddy. A lot of, lot of player movement. In fact, I think we might get the Miami Heat with Terry Rozier on Thursday, but I'll have to double-check that. So we'll have things for you the next two nights, but just regularly scheduled programming tonight.
0: Joel Embiid, 70-burger yesterday. Gotta mention that. Cat. Carl Anthony Towns, 62 and a loss. <laughs> the coach was so mad. That's just Carl Anthony Towns in a nutshell. I know I'm a Carl Anthony Towns hater, but it just is. Uh, here's a fascinating stat for you. Outside, uh, other than Wilt Chamberlain, first of all, Wilt Chamberlain, I think, has twice as many 70-point games as all the other 70-point games in NBA history combined because Wilt Chamberlain is the biggest freak in sports history. But outside of Wilt Chamberlain... The the records of teams by guys that scored 70 is something like 500 or maybe a game below 500. So oftentimes scoring 70 does not actually mean it's a win, which is is fascinating. Anyways, we only got like two minutes left. but I wanted to get your thoughts on Clifton McDowell to Temple. We talked about it extensively yesterday with Coach Marty. What did you think of this uh, rigmarole going to a 3-9 AAC team?
1: Well, certainly not a a name for a school that I think most people would have guessed when they heard that he hit the portal I'm not sure how many options he had. You know, things came together pretty quickly. Didn't seem like he announced a ton of offers on social media. Not sure he's the kind of guy to do that anyway. Uh, Temple's a bad, bad team. They're 3-9 and nine last year. They got outscored by like 200 points. They got blown out of a lot of games. Uh, you know, I think that I would rather play for a Montana team that has a chance to win a national championship certainly next year. But I also think for a lot of people, uh, playing for Temple in Philadelphia sure. is would be a a lot more appealing than playing for Montana in Missoula. I get it. I totally get it. And there's always
0: lifestyle stuff that goes into it. You know, he's got a girl. Maybe she wants to not live in Missoula. You know, there's just a lot of of things that go into it. But the other part that's perplexing, though, is it's not surefire. And, And the only reason I have confidence in saying this is the stalwart at Temple is Quincy Patterson. Quincy Patterson was at North Dakota State before he transferred to Temple. Quincy Patterson is in the exact same vein as Clifton McDowell, except for he's better. He he started his career at Virginia Tech and then uh, matriculated his way to Temple and... Uh- I just think that it's going Is, gonna is be- he
1: definitely coming back for another year cuz he was a grad last year? Okay, he, so maybe he's not there. And he, they have a 2024 roster which nobody posts anymore, but he's not on it and he okay, was definitely maybe, listed
0: as a grad last year. Maybe he's out then. They lost a the transfer to Rice, so that seems like a, a maybe an opening, but they also brought in another transfer aside from McDowell. so a lot of moving parts here. Maybe we'll get to more of it tomorrow. We got around the Big Sky Women's Hoops coming at you tomorrow during the show as well as our ESPN Roundtable with Casey Fitzsimmons, a former Detroit Lion and a really close friend of Dan Campbell. And we'll have some gris hockey as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuwana's from ESPN Montana here at the M-Store.